Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at foreignlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. Also, I'm on Instagram now, lots of great pictures, and if you tag me in a photo, you might win a prize. My followers know I give away books and CDs, downloads, gift cards, restaurant gift cards, concert tickets. You need to follow at Joy Keys on Twitter or become a fan on Facebook or tag me on Instagram so that you too can be a winner. I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Wow, past 940,000 downloads of the podcast. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. I mean, I can't believe that you guys want to listen to my crazy voice on Saturday mornings when you could be sleeping in. Um, And I hope that you share them with friends and family, and I hope that the shows have been uh, inspiring, that you've learned things. Again, I just wanted to say thank you. Well, today, another great subject we're talking about, midwifery. Do you know what a midwife is? Do you know what they do? How are they different from a doctor? Um, Can they be licensed? Are they just random people coming into the birthing room? Um, Can they be in your house? Uh, Are there male midwives? Are there only female? Questions, questions, and more questions that many people have. They will hopefully be answered today. I have some wonderful guests uh, on the phone right now, Marina Farrell. She's the president of the Midwives Alliance of North America. Good morning, Marina. Good morning, Joy. Thank you again for calling in today. Uh, also, um, I have Inana Dehuti. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yeah, Dehuti. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in. She is studying to be a midwife. Um, and focusing on communities of color and how midwives can help communities of color. Um, We're supposed to have one other guest this morning. She may be delayed, but we'll give her time. We're just going to continue without her. 
So I want to start with Marina. Um, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, all I know initially, there's a woman that she may come to your home or she may be actually in the hospital room assisting the woman giving birth. Beyond that, I can't remember anything else. <laughs> let me just, I mean, you know, that, that's what comes to mind, you know. Um, that, right. And, and yes. also comes to mind is that she's not licensed. I wasn't aware about these certifications that she can get, that there are also different mm-hmm. types of midwives. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, how long have midwives been around in the United States? Well, you know, midwives have been a part of the U.S. history since, you know, since indigenous, since the indigenous tradition of midwifery. So I, I always like to say midwives, you know, have been around since the start of time, of course. I <laughs> you know. <laughs> what happened, though, what happened in the United States is that the U.S. has a really interesting history when it comes to midwifery because in most parts of the world, I mean, pretty much almost everywhere in the world, with the exception of the United States, there is a tradition of midwifery that has remained to this day and it's honored. And, you know, midwives are either following a tradition of midwifery within their culture or in their family or recognized by their community or they have been a part of the fabric of the medical system you know, for, for, for a very long time. So an example would be in Europe where they have the British College of Midwives that have been around, you know, for a very long time and have provided care pretty seamlessly in the system of maternal and uh, child health in the UK. But when you look at the United States, what happened in this country is that the tradition of midwifery really fell by the wayside. And Honestly, I think that the communities that were the most impacted were the most traditional communities. So when you look at something like traditional healing and the indigenous model or even our black granny midwives in the South, you know, there was a very firm tradition of midwifery in this country. And what happened was over time, you know, uh, it became very sort of, you know, commercialized or it became taken out of the community and out of the home and put into these institutions in the U.S. And part of what happened was there became divisions among midwives. And uh, an example of the division would be that there were traditional midwives working in their communities and then there were obstetric nurses. And from the obstetric nurse model, because they were already in hospital, they grew to become the College of Nurse Midwives, which which exists to this day, and it represents the certified nurse midwives that work in the United States. And they're a wonderful part and and an essential part of midwifery in this country. However, there was still a lot of midwives that existed that were not nurses. So you still had these what we call uh, traditional midwives who maybe still wanted to serve their community but did not want to become nurses. And so... Because of that, there's a very confusing amount of midwives in this country. There are, there are certified nurse midwives, there are licensed midwives, there are traditional midwives, and there are certified professional midwives and certified midwives. So we have a lot of different types of certifications there's and degrees a lot of and backgrounds. Different, uh-huh. Right, there's and a lot gets, of different levels. It does Absolutely. Go back. I want to go back to one of your key words you mentioned, and, and I'm going to bring Inan into the conversation here, is about the commercialization, if you will, even of the, of the act of having a baby. Um, and then also I want to think, let's put into the pool the word sexism um, and control uh, maybe by a male-dominated system of, of you know, who went to medical school. You know, mm-hmm. um, Inanna, can you, can you come into this conversation, just your comments about what I just said about 
sexism and control over the act of, of birth? Yes. Um, well, if you think about um, the way that our bodies are controlled in this country and in this world, think about colonization and how violence against a woman's body was one of the tools and the weapons in which they were able to control indigenous and African communities that were taken from the motherland. And so when we look at midwifery in this country or we look at reproductive health in this country, it is still a lot of that divide and conquer through your body. And once someone takes control of your body, you are paralyzed in it because um, when you're traumatized, you go, you don't, you're, not, you're no longer functioning in your big thinking, like frontal lobe mind. You go right into survival mode. And so this direct attack that has happened in midwifery through the medical system to stomping out granny midwives is absolutely a fear of women's power, the inherent power and wisdom that we have had to be able to take care of ourselves and each other, and absolutely a patriarchal and sexist operation that is happening at the expense, unfortunately, of women with little resources and women who have been marginalized women of color. Now, uh, Marina... Midwives, witches, any connection? Here I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that, well, and it's really funny because you kind of started out saying, this is what I sort of think a midwife is. And I, I do think that there is this belief in the U.S. that midwives are sort of these very hippie, non-educated, dirty. You know, we sort of have this reputation, which um, is a historic one, right? Like it's one that comes from lore, midwifery lore. And, you know, I think that there was a time that because midwives were healers and midwives are also have this ability, like our bodies create, we create people, you know, we're, we are magic, I guess I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I think that there, there was kind of a putting down of the traditional knowledge of women. I mean, at one time women healed their communities. And I think that as medicine shifted and changed into a very different, a very different uh, type of science, that that knowledge was really sort of cast as like, you know, why would you want to go to this old lady with her bag of herbs when you can come to this shiny new hospital and receive, you know, what, what's considered the best care? But what we know now, Joy, and what's really startling is that in this country, birth is getting worse. Um, an example would be in the last decade, maternal mortality has tripled in the last decade. Mm. The, US, the, the U.S. States? is almost in the United States, yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the, we're actually sitting at almost 60th uh, for, uh, for, for maternal mortality and morbidity. And so you're looking at all of these countries that are doing so much better than we are, yet the United States spends you know, two to three times more than any other country in this world on obstetrics, and yet our our statistics are not bearing out. And if you are a black woman in this country, your chances of dying are four times greater. It doesn't matter if you're, say you are a white woman and you're a doctor and you're married and you have a great support system and you're highly educated and you're a black woman with exactly that same picture, you are still four times uh, more likely to die in childbirth in this country. So the Inanna, statistics are actually de- startling. Inanna, why did you decide to become a midwife? What what triggered your interest? Um, what triggered my interest, to be honest, was listening to my mother's own birth experiences. 
where she told me that certain things were done to her, and I, my question was always, well, did, did they explain to you why? And so as I began my own healing journey to be back in my body and recover from trauma in life, I realized that I was gaining knowledge that I wanted to share with other women. Um, and knowing that I have the ability to calm women down, to calm people down, I'm like, well, what's the situation that you would need the most amount of calmness in a room and it's in labor? And so as mm-hmm. I became a doula, I started to find out a lot of the statistics that Marina was talking about that women that look like me and have the same life experiences are not faring very well. Furthermore, uh, it's very, the first couple of hours of your life and the first nine months of your life are incredibly telling and influential as to what your life is going to be like, what you're going to be predisposed to. And so my interest in becoming a midwife is to break the cycle of trauma and generational trauma that we keep passing from mother to daughter, from mother to son, through families. For me, I see the changes that can happen in a woman's life if she has compassionate, present care, um, particularly in the black community because we are so disenfranchised. That the, I feel like they are, they, the system that we live in, is declaring war on, on, on us from the minute that we we're born even before we get here. And so being a midwife was the way that I want to do direct action. I do have um, a history and a career as a social justice activist, and so this is something I can do with my hands, that I can make an impact that is immediate and that I know can be continued and supported when we continue to create this network of midwives that is coming up. Now, Marina, let's um, tell people, is there a difference between a doula and a midwife? Are they one and the same? No, actually they're very different. So a midwife is a medical person. A midwife has um, the full scope of care. So if you go to a midwife, you really actually never need to see an OB. You can go to a midwife and you can have from the very minute you're pregnant until you're postpartum at six weeks, you get this full spectrum of care. So midwives can do labs. They can do everything. Um, Whereas a doula is not a medical person. A doula is what I like to refer to as an advocate. And so what a doula does is a woman will hire her and sort of say to her, you know, I really want this birth experience. I want to have a natural birth, or I, I want to really labor. I want to go to the hospital the last minute, or I want to labor at home, you know, in water, but I really want, I need some more, um, I don't know, comfort techniques or, you know, reassurance, whatever. And so what they do is, is doulas will go to the birth and just sort of be a part of the support team and also help those parents and, or that family prepare for the birth and be their advocates for the birth. So it's a very different, um, very different than being a midwife. Now, Inanna, have you actually sat in on a birth, um, or are you still not able to because you're training? Um, well, I've caught 25 babies thus far. Wow, um, 25 <laughs> babies. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Um, um, I'm at my thing in Paso, and so it is um, very much like the direct entry model, which is just learning as as you do, um, you just get put in there and you have guidance. You have um, a supervising, licensed midwife, um, you know, just overseeing what you're doing. And so I have, before I started catching babies, I did have some doula experience. But, yeah, I caught my first baby last October, and I hope to catch plenty more in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Marina, what is, um, you, we mentioned about different types of midwives. 
and mm-hmm. there's late midwives and there's different certifications, how can somebody start the process? What should they do? Well, you know, um, the Midwives Alliance in North America, we do have a website. It's mana.org. They can go onto the website, and it actually can explain all of those differences as well as um, it, we have a listing of state organizations, both for nurse midwives as well as certified professional midwives and licensed midwives. And so people can actually go on there and, and look at their state organization. And when they find their state organization, it's a really good idea to contact their state organization and sort of explore that. As well, they can Google. I mean, you know, Google, amazing Google. You can put midwives, water birth, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is that you're looking for. And it, you know, it should come up with your local resources as well. So there's a, you know, midwives are actually quite good at um, in social media. So I think that even just by doing social media research, they should be able to find plenty of information. I also always recommend that people watch The Business of Being Born, which is it's on Netflix and it's a movie that Ricky Lake um, worked on after she had her home birth and she did a lot of research about birth in America. It's a very, okay. very, very good film for families to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one of the things um, you mentioned is that post even after the woman has a baby, that a midwife is involved. Now, Inanna, have you also helped a woman afterwards maybe teaching her how to breastfeed? Um, I've, I've helped her um, learn how to do the basic latch. Like, I don't have, unfortunately, all the training. I'd like to be um, a lactation consultant, but I have mm-hmm. learned a lot of, like, what to expect during postpartum because we don't talk about the postpartum period. There's a lot of focus on pregnancy and, like, all these apps and all these websites. You can go and track your pregnancy, but there's a lot of emotional and hormonal and physical changes that happen to your body, and so I do a lot more support around that. I also like to, okay. not, with the, not necessarily with the clients that I have at the moment, but even with friends and acquaintances, do a lot more of the emotional changes because you have to switch gears completely from being who you were to who you now are as a new mom. And so most of my support focuses on talking about, you know, you might bleed a little bit afterward, your uterus is going to go back to where it, it was before you got pregnant. And these are the stresses and these are the emotions you're going to go through. Let's talk about them. Marina, now, is there specific training for post-birth um, or... Is that another class? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, midwives actually, again, um, as part of their certification and their training, all midwives are definitely, they get trained in the postpartum period, uh, immediate postpartum. And, you know, it varies on where you decide to birth. And so if your choice of birth is home birth, your midwife that attends you at home is very, very skilled in uh, immediate newborn and postpartum care. So what's so nice about home birth, too, or, you know, really any birth with midwives is that the birth is so much more personal. Your visits are longer. I know that I, as a home birth midwife, go do home visits quite a bit that first week postpartum when I'm trying to help that family adjust um, and learn how to breastfeed and things like that. And so we do do quite a bit of postpartum care, actually. An average mm-hmm. visit with a midwife is about an hour. So we do quite a bit of, of care in general. Now, how often do they – you mentioned they're like – an OBGYN, uh, they wouldn't have to, a woman wouldn't have to go to OBGYN if she's seeing a midwife. What 
should a woman ask for, though, like in terms of certification? If I'm looking for a midwife, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody yeah. and their mom could say, you know, I'm a midwife. Well, what That's does that true. mean? What should a lay, a, a lay woman look for or, or ask of that individual to, to show her, well, you know, in terms of proof, if you will? Yeah, you know, I always tell, what I always say to families is I always say that that an individual who's looking for a birth experience, a certain kind of birth experience, should do a lot of research. There's a lot of research. So something like watching Business of Being Born, doing some online research, looking at some of the different organizations, and definitely learning about the different types of midwives in the U.S. And then once they sort of are very informed, they can begin the process of interviewing healthcare providers. And I think that it is really essential that a family know who it is that they want at their birth, because honestly, not everybody is going to want a nurse midwife and not everybody is going to want a certified professional midwife. There might be people that are looking for a traditional midwife or there might be people that really want to have a nurse midwife that has an OB backup. You know, So it really depends on how that person birthing is going to feel the safest. You know, And so it depends on what, what that family wants and what the specific needs are. Because one of the best things about midwives is that they really are the solution to a better birth, the way that somebody wants to birth because there are so many different types of midwives. And and unfortunately, the communities that need midwives the most don't have them because, um, you know, because this country doesn't honor the practice of midwifery. Um, And so I think that we do we do have a little bit of a shortage, but there are definitely resources available to people who are looking for midwifery care. So just to really encourage people to just do their research, look. They can always email the Midwives Alliance. We can always tell, give re- resources, things like that. So they definitely exist and they're out there. Well, um, Inanna, how much longer do you have for your certification oh, and what level are you going for? Oh, well, I, I have three more months. I'm up in La Luz, and then I can, once I feel ready, I can sit the, um, the NARN exam, which is the, um, the national certifying exam for certified professional midwives in, uh, in this country at the moment. So that's the next step for me. Wow. Well, congratulations on your journey, and thank you both. We've kind of run out of time right now, but Marina, I want to thank you so much for coming on and representing MANA, and I want to mention that your website is mana.org. And Inanna, do you want to give, I know you had a couple different sites you sent me. Is there any site you want people, because you're also a poet and an activist, a site that you want to tell people about to learn more about you? Um, the best website to find all of everything I do is um, thesewatersrundeep.com, which you can find all of my essays and articles that I write and anything that I've been, I'm up to at any current moment. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you guys both for coming on. I think we probably have enlightened people. I was trying to tweet and, and Facebook and things, tell people about what we were talking about. Uh, but, again, uh, thank you so much for coming on today, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank, Thank you, you so Joel. Much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank oh, you. you're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone, like I said, with Marina Thurl. She's the president of the Midwives Alliance of North America and also a student, Inanna Dehuti, who's learning how to become a midwife. Uh, a lot of myths around midwifery. Um, please don't believe them. Please investigate learn for yourself. Again, they are um, some medical professionals. Um, They're similar to OBGYNs. Um, Again, but if you were looking for one, please 
ask uh, for credentials and, and do your research, but don't be afraid of a person who's considered a midwife. Okay, well, I hope you guys learned a lot today. I sure did, surely did. You guys have a wonderful Saturday. Stay tuned. 11.30, I'll be speaking with author Mitchell S. Jackson about his book, The Residue Years. And I'll also be giving away a copy of his book, so you want to stay tuned for that. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at foreignlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the desk. I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.